believe you have the game on in the background. Mm. No, you can't. No, I can. (laughs) Part of me is also kind of annoyed that it's behind me, so I can't also see it. Yeah. But it's fine. Well, whatever. This is called multitasking to the next level. Is it? Is it called that? Yes. It's um, 11 a.m. We're watching football, about to be drinking wine, and recording. So, I don't know about you, but I think that sounds like heaven. That, no, okay, (laughs) fair. Um, but yeah, we've got to watch our Sooners. It's true, we do. They play to their schedule, not ours. Well, you know what? We need to talk to them then. <laughs> because we need to let them know on mornings when we're recording, they need to delay it. <laughs> like, delay. I'm going to be like, Lincoln, dude, push back an hour or two. Like, let's just get a rain delay or something. There's lightning. I see it. I see it. <laughs> we're not even uh, there. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. He doesn't know that. No. But I will say, I am a little... It'll be interesting to see how I um, enjoy the wine we're going to be having, because I definitely had a little bit to drink yesterday. Yeah, just a little bit, and you were just out until basically three hours ago. Uh, Basically. (laughs) I mean, I did get home at four, um, but it was my friend's birthday, so we all went out for it. It was super fun, um, but I was out from 6 p.m. until 4 a.m., which is a really long time. Yes. And... That's a long time. But I feel fine. I'm um, surprised. I was a little bit worried when I saw that you... Because I kept watching your live yeah, videos on Facebook. And what I, I do like, when well, I get drunk is I do Facebook lives. I know, but I love it. <laughs> I'm like, you know... But yeah, no, because we went to multiple clubs, um, and I'm very drunk. Oh, but you kids! I you. know. Well, we wanted to party like we were 21 again. That was like kind of well, our thing. Well, you did, and we we did, yeah. but but with higher alcohol tolerance. Some of us, actually, as I said that, I was like, maybe that's not true. <laughs> I I mean, I have a strong one. I also mostly can just like take care of stuff, and I get. I do get real annoyed real easily when people have, like, drunk issues when they're like, I just didn't like the way the bartender looked at me. I'm like, okay, um, she's working, (laughs) so shut the fuck up and let her do her job. Uh, There's 30 people at the bar. I don't think she's being rude to you actively. And maybe she is, maybe you deserve it, but it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I'm like, I was over it, but also still having fun. Understandable. But anyway, anyways, hello. This hello. is Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine episode nineteen. And I'm Brittany. I'm Tyler. And I'm excited about this one. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, which was yes. insanely intense, insane. Oh, I do have to mention something though that is related to last week's episode. Yeah. Um. So timely. So it was the uh, like neighbor murders episode yeah and the case i did was the murder of khalid javara and it happened in tulsa a few years ago uh he was murdered by his real fucking racist asshole neighbor (laughs) yeah so i'm on cnn yesterday yeah and i see just the title of the news article that's like racist murderer dies in prison after seven months or something like that. Yeah. It didn't have a picture, didn't have any information, but I was like, oh, I'm going to read this article. I click on it 
and it's fucking Stanley Majors. Yep. Who died seven months into his sentence. Um, it didn't appear that there was like a foul play thing I mean, going it, on. There's no information of why he died. It's, we don't no. know if he killed himself. We don't know if someone killed him. It, we don't know only... if he just died because he's old and yeah. a racist bastard. Well, I don't know. The world just sorry, started. They were bye. done with him. It's like, ooh, we're done. Bye. Yeah, um, I tweeted that and posted it on Facebook. It's true. Because, like, the timing, is it's so eerie. So I will say, I'm so glad you are back from vacation and <laughs> are taking over the social media again. If y'all didn't notice for, I don't know, a little three, four days there, uh, I was owning the social media. <laughs> I don't know how to do Twitter, so I don't think there were any tweets. Um, I did. You did one. Did I do one? Oh, no, maybe you did that one when you were in Seattle. When did you post the Columbia Crest one? Oh, no, I did do that one. I did that one, um, I think it worked. <laughs> nice. Because I don't know how to do it on my phone. Um, and God, I know. kid, it's not that hard. <laughs> well, whatever, but Brittany's on the beach, uh, you know, enjoying herself in the sun, and I'm back here taking care of her Perfect, precious angel. Thank you. Yes. Um, he is. Look and so, yeah, I posted a couple, you know, a jealous one. And then I also don't really <laughs> know how to write captions. So I'm like, I'm going to write a funny paragraph. <laughs> yeah, I'm not no. social media savvy. You did well. With that, let us, we have some exciting Patreon-related news to yes, talk about. Yes, we do. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to... No, I will, I will. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry about the stumble there. We didn't know who was going to say it. No. But it's really exciting. We received two new Patreoners uh, this last week. And They're they... some of our favorite people. Yes, absolutely. They're both Cabernet Sauvignon Convicts, which is the top tier. So, thank you so, so much, Jeremy and Stacey. Like, Y'all are fucking amazing you're you're killing it this is awesome y'all um, we're we're gonna get a website i know like this is um i think like first week of october is when we're gonna do yep. a website so thanks to you guys we're finally able to get that off the ground and that's just one step closer to merchandise mm -hmm. and also we'll have a blog on the website where we're going to start posting our show notes and so jeremy and stacy thank y'all so 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 much mm -hmm. and stacy happens to be our mom so she does when i keep calling her stacy it's a little it's bit weird, kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um just to remind everyone there are multiple patreon levels mm -hmm. and jeremy and stacy are going to get the following so, obviously, <laughs> they have access to all our murder mini-episodes, which we're recording another one today after this episode. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to be cool. Uh, a social media shout-out on Twitter and Instagram. Those will be coming. So, you'll... Uh, you, you you're you're going to get them, I think, before the, this episode drops. I know. I was about to say that. I think you'll see those before you hear this. Uh, the on-air shout-out, which is Happening this. right now. We're also going to be sending a handwritten thank you note to both of you guys. And also, which is one of the most exciting points of this level, is you get to be the director and select a crime topic for an upcoming episode. Which, that I am excited about. Me too. So, start thinking of topics, mm -hmm. and we'll reach out to you. Well, with that, let's... Um, I 
wanted to plug it real quick. Make sure that y'all subscribe. Plug it. Plug us. Plug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a plug if we're plugging us in the episode. Whatever. I'm going to plug it. What do you, what do you plug, plug it in? in. Plug it in. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, which makes me just think of a really fucking horrible joke about the electric chair. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, Glade sponsored. Anyway. Uh, I, <laughs> I know. It's from, like, middle school. We were all a bunch of horrible children. Well, you were a big asshole in middle school. Like, like yeah, one of those, just like, middle little... school. <laughs> right. Oh. Not anymore. You're just a big asshole. Well, it's true. <laughs> no. I accept it. What I meant was you were just one of those, like, asshole little kids. That, yes. like, oh, my God, that kid's an asshole. I would. That was you. I Sometimes I think what would happen if I ran into, like, 12-year-old Tyler. I would just want to, like. Slap him. Lock him in a closet. Which, you know, in a way. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no. Anyways, so <laughs> make sure to subscribe. Um, that is how you get notified yes. of when we post new episodes. We post them uh, every Tuesday at like 12.01 a.m. Central Time. But yes. So anyway, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music Store thing, Stitcher, SoundCloud. All the We're things. There. Find us on all of the other podcasts platforms that are out there we're like on them all there's one like tune.ly tunely or something that i'm like oh i guess we're there too i love it i love how it the feed can just get out there and it makes it easier for everyone to be able to listen to us me too i love it but so we've already covered current news basically yeah unless you had any other that you wanted to chat about anything else going on no it was mostly stanley major's death i just got really excited and said it at the very beginning. So I've been, and it's, I have this morbid fascination with, um, like watching news videos of like before a disaster. So like when it's just like normal stuff. Right. So you can compare? Not really comparing, but just seeing that like, oh, it's a normal day. Yeah. Um, and I, so I found this just really interesting uh, compilation of ones from September 11th that was uh, oh. the talk show, like the morning talk shows, because it happened Wait. at like 8.59 a.m. was when the first plane hit. Yeah. And so, you know, all of the like 8 o'clock, you know, Good Morning America or, you know, the ones that are like Emerald Cooking or Let's Talk About This Person's Book. I mean, we're all going on. Yeah. And most of those are in New York. So it was just so interesting to watch because a lot of them, I mean, nothing was really happening that day. There was no, I think Michael Jordan had signed on to uh, the Wizards. Um, I think that was the big thing. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, normal news morning shows. They have one of, the one that was, I think, the most impactful was Matt Lauer was actually interviewing this guy um, just about his book. Like, it was, it was one of those things. He's like, oh, tell us about this book you wrote. Yeah. And then he, you can see him kind of, like, stare off into the distance. Like, he's, they're telling him in his earpiece. And he just straight up interrupts the dude. He's like, hold on, I'm sorry, we got to finish this. The book is whatever it is. But uh, we got to go live to New York. Something's happening. 
And like, and then that's how it started. And I'm like, oh my god. That's what I was gonna ask. So was it showing in each of the shows their, like, how they responded in the moment when they found it had happened, or was it more so just a compilation of these are the things going on that morning? It was so it was set up. It was like a ten minute video. Yeah. And it was set up starting at like eight or eight thirty in the morning. And, you know, showing different clips from just different, like, morning shows. Yeah. And it got more and more. It had a part towards the end, like, a time marker of, like, you know, the plane just hit. Yeah. Because, obviously, they didn't know about it for a couple minutes. Right, right. So, they're just, you know, still chatting and stuff. And then it it ended with... The, them all being like, okay, we have some breaking news out of New York. Oh my god! But I, I just have this fascination with things like that well, because it's just so it's so sudden. It is, and I watched uh, another type of compilation video. I didn't have the sound on because I didn't think I could get through it if I had the sound on. But thankfully, it had text overlay, so I could just mm-hmm. read it. But it was. A lot of the first responders, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, who are the people, the air traffic control and their conversations, mm-hmm. some phone calls that passengers on the planes were calling family. Like it was yeah. heartbreaking and, uh, people in the buildings, um, by the way, y'all, it's pouring outside. You yeah. Might so be if you don't hear that, sorry. It's, <laughs> it just absolutely started coming down. Um, but yeah, it was it was gut wrenching. Even yeah. just reading it, I I would have been a mess if I tried to listen to it. So I didn't because yeah. I knew I couldn't. Well, I also watched. So after that, it had like more videos and watching the first couple minutes of like the news when it first started happening. Yeah, and everyone's like. Like, most of the people, like, are you sure it was a plane? Or uh, there's a fire in the tower. Like, no one knew what was going on. Yeah. And uh, people were talking, like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't think it was an airliner. I think it was, like, a smaller private jet. Um, And then a a lot of news people being like, oh, we we have reports of a fire in the World Trade Center in New York. Like, and then one of the most, like, shocking things of the day Mm -hmm. was that live because all the news cameras had their were watching the first tower they're you know right having it live and then seeing the second plane go in live I that because i don't remember it i was seven, that's what i was about to ask then, you if you remember eight. any of it actually all happening I re- all i remember is um that day on the bus home, so at like 3 p.m., so hours after this has been going on. Yeah. Um, one of the kids on my bus like, oh, did you hear a plane hit a building in New York? And I was like, oh, my God, that sucks. I'm also like eight, so I'm like, okay. Yeah. Also not picturing, literally picturing like a like a little Cessna, like yeah. hit a building in New York, like, oh, shit. And then getting home and mama being home. Yeah. And I was like something's not right. And I, I have a very clear image of Mama standing in the living room, not sitting on the couch, but standing and watching the TV, watching the news. Yeah. I um, I do remember exactly where I was and the, the events of the day. I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And so my last year of middle school. And 
it happened in the morning and we knew something was going on. We had TVs in the classrooms, so our teachers had the TVs on. And then the principal asked all the teachers to turn the TVs off and that we needed to proceed throughout the day as if it were any other day. Like, the fuck we could do that? Yeah. Which is one thing that I... I'm surprised you don't have any memories of teachers because obviously you being Mm -hmm. in elementary school, they were holding their shit together because it's a bunch of kids. Well, also in elementary school, you don't go teacher to teacher. You have one. Oh, that's right. So it, it could have been that my teacher held her shit together real well. And others may not have. Yeah. Cause I, I, I remember nothing about her reaction. Yeah. Well, so the principal told all the teachers not to have the TVs on. And so it would pretty much every single class, it was bullshit busy work. Yeah. The teach I re- I will never forget in my science class, and it was the same teacher you ended up having. Yes. Nat Volt. Yep. He turned on the radio. And he gave us all an assignment, and he was like, don't worry about turning it in. But essentially, it was like, we're going to sit here and listen to the radio. Because yeah. we need to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And I, I don't... I have, like, the oddest... Memories Like, I remember I was using a pencil and not a pen. And, like, I don't remember what the oh. assignment was. And I remember being in the middle of the classroom towards the back. And he's sitting at his desk. And we're just listening to the radio. And I think the reason that that stuck out so much in my head in memory, because that was the first time I was actually getting to listen to what was going on. Oh. And, um, anyway, then I got home and I immediately turned on MTV because that's what I did during the time. Like, I would come home yeah. from school and I'd watch um, TRL or whatever. But literally every mm-hmm. every channel was news. Yeah. And so I just turned on MTV and I was just watching videos. And a lot of it was the video of the second plane just going in. and um, See, that's, yeah. that's something that... That's something that um, I've tried to think about because... Since I've been old enough to really remember and pay attention to the news. So, like, probably middle school and up. Yeah. I've never seen something like that. Mm -hmm. That you turn on every single channel. Um, Because I think even, like, Nickelodeon had, like, a banner going at the bottom. Yeah. It was everything. Because the closest I can think is when Hurricane Katrina made landfall. Because we, uh, I was in, I think, seventh grade yeah. when that happened. And we watched, um, most of the teachers have the TVs on, but it wasn't a issue to have them on. Mm-hmm. And then in science class, we had our teacher, she, you know, had us watch. And I remember that's when it actually made landfall was when I was in science. Yeah. And she was going over, like, all the shit about it. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's a but good opportunity to learn. Yeah. And but even that was not anything like like 911. No. no. Well, and I also I mean I also remember the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah, see, I was I was two. I was almost two. Anyway. Yeah. There've been we've lived through some very very crazy things yes. and I don't want to go any further down this rabbit hole because we could. But on that note, let's um, lift spirits a tiny bit. A little bit. Because um, if you remember... Actually, yeah. 
Yeah, because if you remember last week, um, so Tyler picked the topic already. So if you listened to last week's episode, this is not a surprise. But True. but we are. I pulled the survivor card because last week last week's, week's episode too was too much. Intense. Like with just with Jamie and all of that, I was like, no, can't do it. Yeah. So pulled the survivor card. So instead of a normal episode where we talk about murder. On these, we talk about stories of survival. So yes, and so we did the same last time. I, I promise it's there are other ways to look at survival stories, but um, we watched I Survived, and it's it's just amazing to see these powerful people just go through all these crazy fucking things and make it. Yeah. So, it's, you know, a little more uplifting. The cases are by no means any less fucked up. In fact, they're uh, oftentimes more fucked up than um, some of the cases we normally do. We only do fucked up. It's true. I mean, there's no... I I can't think of an easy episode we've ever done. So, but yes. So, topic is Survivors. This will be the second one because we did episode 10. Was, I think it was 10 or 11, yeah. Yeah, 10 or... It might have been 11, I think. Um, anyway, 10 or 11 is um, another of the Survivor episodes. It was, I really enjoyed it. So Me too. Um, I think this one's going to be really good. I really like my case. Yeah, I really, really want to tell you all about it. Yeah, same, 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 same. All right. Do you want to hear about this wine? Oh my god, yes, I'm thirsty. Okay, so... Oh, I love this bottle. I'm really excited about this wine. Yesterday, I was at Trader Joe's, and I went to, I was up north, because I had um, a meeting, and after my meeting, I went to the Trader Joe's up there, so it's not the one we normally go to, Mm -hmm. so they had a little bit of a different wine selection, I mean, mostly the same, but that's why you didn't recognize this as the Trader Joe's one, but... So I'm browsing, and I knew I wanted to get a red, because, I mean, I always want to get red. True. And um, I think now that it's turning into fall, I can't pick rosé, but I might... I mean, you can drink whatever you want. You know what? You're I an might, adult. I might just be like, hey guys, it's Christmas, let's drink some rosé, because no, we're No, we're doing fucking mold wine for Christmas, let's be real. I we have are. the recipe. We are. Did you know Christmas is on Tuesday this year? So we're going to actually have a... Why? Oh, because of work? Yes. Oh, I know. But... <laughs> but we're going to actually have a Christmas episode. We're going to actually have a Christmas episode. And Ooh. obviously, spoiler alert, it's going to be Christmas related because why the fuck wouldn't it be? Yeah. So so I'm browsing around and one of the Trader Joe's guys, he... So I was looking at the Liberty bottle because originally that's what I was going to pick. And I'm looking at that and I'd had it once before, but it had been a long time. And that's um, Apostle Robles Cab. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe we could do this one. It's one of my favorite bottles ever as far as the way it looks. And so I, I pick up two bottles of that and we're, you know, the guy's like, oh, that's a really good one. I was like, yeah, I like this one. He's like, you know, another one that's really cool that's only like nine bucks is this one. And he points to the Kings of Prohibition. And it is not in your traditional wine no. bottle. It's in what more so looks like a vodka bottle, to be honest. It's short and round, um, but this one's interesting. So it's the Kings of Prohibition. It's a Cabernet Shiraz, and it's an Australian wine that was 
actually just released earlier this year. So I think this spring. And basically, the Calibria Family Wines released this new product, the Kings of Prohibition. <laughs> I think I think it is. <laughs> um, they specifically picked this type of packaging to appeal to millennials. Which it I worked. Was, it totally worked because I I love this. Bottle. I literally looked, saw that it was a Cabernet Shiraz, and saw the way the bottle was, and I was like, "No, this is perfect. We're yeah. absolutely doing this one." So apparently. This, uh, I mean, they have other wines, and this is one that they just did to, I mean, talk about Prohibition, if you remember the 20s, and like Al Capone. As you can see on the bottle, it says Al Capone, Red Blend Al Capone. Oh. And on the back, there's a quote that I'm going to read. Well, and it's also very, like, Art Deco looking. It is. Like, it's very, like, Great Gatsby. Well, and look at the top. Of the, it's a twist off, oh. but look at the top. It's really cool. It's got like an X with a K, an O, and a P for the Kings of Prohibition, and then the spade. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, yeah, Kings of Prohibition around it as well. But this one is new, and it is. I got it for nine in an article I found. Uh, it's generally around a fifteen dollar price point. God, I but love Trader Joe's. I know, right? I know. Like insane but basically they they learned that millennials don't just want cheap wine so they don't have to give millennials cheap wine so this is a really it's supposed to be a really good quality one and anyway it's it's a it's part of a new product development program that the Kleber family wines is doing so i'm gonna be interested to see how they move forward with this they also released a bevy spritz um which so it's like a Prosecco spritz, and apparently they're the first Australian producer to make it. Um, and also, oh. this Kings of Prohibition has been released in the United States and not yet in Australia, which I thought was interesting considering oh. it is an Australian wine. But, so, a little bit more about this. It's from, the grapes are from the Barossa Valley area there mm. in Australia. It's a limited release, so if you find this one, guys, pick it up. I don't know how long it's going to be around. Oh. Um, I know. Watch us, like, fucking love it and go buy a case or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but, so, it's elegant yet intense with vibrant flavors of plum and dark sweet fruits. And then I said, like I said, there was an Al Capone connection. So on the back it says, from the great era of the Roaring Twenties, Prohibition stemmed the infamous Kings of Prohibition. During this dry period, many myths were born and the story of bootleggers such as Al Capone became legends. So Al Capone being one of the Kings of Prohibition because he helped get the alcohol out. Obviously. Just want to make sure you were following. I I know Um, who Al Capone is. (laughs) um, Setting the path for wine distribution around the world. And then it's just got some information uh, about Al Capone. And then one quote, when I sell liquor, it's called bootlegging. When my patrons serve it on Lakeshore Drive, it's called hospitality. So anyway, it is uh, 51% Cabernet grapes and 49% Shiraz grapes. It's 14% alcohol. And yeah, so it's a stronger one. And let's uh, fucking try it. Also, I'm just obsessed with this label 
Because, like, there's this woman right here, like, very, like, roaring 20s, drinking a glass of yes. wine. Um, there's a little rose hidden. There's some barrels. It's so detailed and gorgeous. It it's super plus, detailed. There's something just so classic about gold on black. Oh, yes. With the white, like, really pretty font. I'm taking, like, a close-up picture so y'all can see. Yeah, we'll bottle. we'll post these pictures on Wednesday for Wine Wednesday. So, yeah. all right. Well, I'm gonna crack this open so we can try it. Yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. It's a like it is a glass, like a clear <gasps> glass bottle at the top. Wait, I'm gonna be interested to see if the whole bottle's black. Or if the no, it's it's black. Yeah, bottle. that's not the that's not the. Wine. Oh my god, that'd be a dark wine. It would be. Which I. I know, like not complaining about that. Not at all. Oh, look how pretty this is. Okay. Right. All right. Oh. It smells good. Nice it... and fruity. Mm-hmm. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh. Mm. It's definitely fruit forward. Yeah, it's almost sweet. Almost. It's not. I wouldn't call it a sweet wine, no, but I know no, what not you mean. All. Kind of like a Merlot. Yeah. It has that type of... There's no Merlot in it. No. Weird. It's just Cabernet and Shiraz. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm a fan. Yeah. I like this wine. Okay, well, we have our wine, we have our background, we had a really long intro, but now it's time. Let's get into these survivor cases. Yes, and I believe you go first this time. Yes. Okay. So mine is the story of Shauna and Brad, and this takes place... In Los Angeles. Okay. In February of 2002. Okay. So, a while ago, actually. Yeah, this one's actually from a while ago. Um, so, little background on them. Shauna had recently left her partner of nine years, Mario. Uh-huh. So, we're together nine years. Um, and she's kind of starting over. She's getting happy. And the, the thing about... Um, her and Mario's relationship after the breakup is it wasn't bad. You know, right. He, so they were like friends? Yeah. Like he would call her a bunch and be like, oh, I miss you. I want you back. And she'd be kind of annoyed by it. But it, that's it. Yeah. Um. So she had recently moved into a new house with two roommates and she loved it. She loved living with her friends. Because um, I think she didn't know these people before, but they, oh, they very like, quickly became friends. became friends. And then they introduced her to their friend Brad. Um, and Brad oh, and Sean. Yeah. <laughs> which, wish my friends would do that, but that's fine. Yeah. I'm all for being set up. Like, oh, I would on totally dates, do it too. Not in life. I- I don't want to be set up in life. <laughs> like, <laughs> on dates. But, you know, all the friends I have are like, oh, you would love my friend Thomas. I'm like, oh, 
you would get along with them so great. Tell me more. What are they like? Um, well, he's gay. Great. That's a given. Good start. What else? Like, what do we have in common? You both are, um... Gay. Gay. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's all you need in common, right? Basically. Oh, that's annoying. I know. But if they're, like, a good person, shit. I'll go. I'll go on a date. Anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I just want a ring on this hand. You get that on the first date, right? That's when they propose? No. Oh. No. Oh. Well, whoops. Well, uh, the, the older you get, though, I think the shorter amount of time goes by before they do ask. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't fucking know. I, I don't want to be engaged for super long, but I would rather have um, a longer engagement, like two years. Ew, that's gross, but okay. Uh, okay. Well, because you need at least one to plan the wedding, and two is sure. nice. Plus, I just really like that, oh, it's my fiancé. Right. I don't think I need a year to plan a wedding, but I also don't you want, want Yeah, to but you want, a, like, a smaller, more rustic wedding. Yeah. I want one that has drones, fireworks, I get a key to the city, I... <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh my god! I want my wedding to cost minimum five million dollars. How am I right, pay for luck. it? Uh, credit cards. Okay. Yep, just put it all on a credit card. So back to your story. Anyway, yes. Sorry, got distracted. So with screaming. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Shauna and Brad um, instantly have a connection, and they start dating. Um. Which, at this time, Brad becomes kind of worried about Mario's behavior. Yeah. Shauna, again, is like, oh, he's just calling and being playing as fuck. Just being Mario. And Brad's like, yeah, I don't know about that. He's just being worried, being protective. Of course. Um. So, one afternoon, Shauna is in the bathroom showering. Okay. Brad is in their room taking a nap. Yeah. And the two roommates are also home. I think one of them had just got home from work. Okay. Um, so while Shauna's in the shower, uh, she hears like a popping noise and her roommate yelling. Um, and she's like, okay, what? Like that. All right. I don't know what they're yelling about. Like I can't hear them. Uh, the water's going. Brad also hears this and wakes up and is like, well, let's see what's going on. Yeah. Um, but again, they're not really concerned at this point. Right. Like, it's not a, <gasps> I gotta go see what's going on. It's like a, what? So, Brad comes out of the room, and he sees Mario standing at the bathroom door, like, oh. about to open it. Okay. Holding a gun. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, those popping sounds. Were gunshots. Oh, which, th- to me, it, it never said this. But he had to have some kind of silencer. Like, there is a difference between a gunshot going off in the room next to you and popping noises. Yeah. Like, yeah. so he had to have some kind of silencer. So, both roommates had just been shot. Mm-hmm. And Brad charges at Mario because he, you know, Shauna's in the shower, has no idea what's going on. Oh Mario's 
about to go in. Wait, you said the shots he were the roommates? He shot the roommates? He shot both roommates. Oh my god, I thought it was just like bang bang to the ceiling or something. No, he Holy shot shit. both roommates. Um So Mario and Brad like start getting in a fight. Yeah. Like rolling around like fighting. Shauna in the is still in the shower, hears this and he like the bathroom door gets kicked and her thought is just like, well, that's rude. Like, you know, someone's so she's still kicking like on the bathroom door. Oblivious oh, the bathroom. Ezra, no idea. She's assuming that, you know, one of her roommates needs to use the bathroom and, and is just kicking the door. being a dick about it. Oh my god. Oh no. So she's like, okay, I'm going to finish up the shower and get out. Because whatever. Yeah. Um... So while Mario and Brad are fighting, another shot goes off. Um, and Brad is actually shot through the arm, like oh. the upper oh. arm bicep, like in, in and out. out. Oh. Um, but he has no idea about it. Because oh. like the adrenaline stuff, he didn't feel it. Nothing. Okay. Um, so they're still fighting. Then, you know, kind of... Brad's winning. He's a strong dude. He, uh-huh. I think, in the fight, breaks Mario's jaw and, like, breaks his wrist. Shit. Yeah, I know. Go Brad. But, um, Brad slips because he's bleeding everywhere. He oh. slips in his blood and falls, like, face first. <gasps> and Mario backs away from him and out of the corner of his eye, Brad can see him stand up. He puts the gun to the back of Brad's head and shoots him. Point blank? Like, point blank. Oh my god. Yeah. Then, Mario has shot both roommates, shot the boyfriend, starts setting the house on fire. He starts just setting fires throughout the house to burn it down. Yeah. What the fuck? So wait, is Brad's dead? We're not there yet. Okay. Okay. He is not. He is not. (laughs) He told me these things. Also, he told me. and told them. you. <laughs> um, but anyways. So, uh, Shauna, meanwhile, still in the bathroom. Like, still fin- showering. Finishing up the shower. Oh, my God. Uh, she, like, because I'm assuming all of this took place over the course of, like, 30 seconds. Um, yeah. Like. I mean, that's really fast, but yeah. You know, maybe a couple minutes, but Nothing. So, she's in the bathroom, still has no idea what's going on, and then she starts hearing the smoke alarm, and the fact that no one's shutting it off. And now she's like, what the fuck? Like, real fucking annoying. Yeah, because, like, her roommates are being dicks, they're screaming, being loud. Now, one of them is probably burned Burned some toast. Burned some in the kitchen. Fire alarm's going off. So, she's, like, annoyed. And, which, dear God, she is, um... I guess I wouldn't also be in the situation, but hearing a fight right outside the bathroom door, popping noises, and the smoke alarm. If I heard the smoke alarm going off, my first thought, I don't think, would have been, oh, roommate burned something. It I think would it'd be, be like, there's oh, a there's a fire. fire. Um, but again, maybe roommate had a habit of burning shit. Who knows? Who knows? So Shauna throws on a towel. And is, she's like, motherfucker, I have to go turn it off. Like, <laughs> um, so she steps out of the bathroom and she sees Mario. 
oh shit and she's and like what the fuck yeah she's not she's not alarmed yet she's just kind of confused like you know why is why is mario here he shouldn't be here because mario's not really friends with the roommates so it's not like they would have invited him over or anything like mario only knew shauna right but he's not friends with everyone no they like they have no idea who he is other than stories that shauna you know they know it like oh shauna dated a dude named mario for a long ass time yeah that's the extent that that at least the roommates know brad obviously knows more because shauna and he are dating so she's again sitting there like kind of confused and then she notices how just angry he looks. Just yeah. this mad look on his face. All of a sudden, she feels a, just a burning sensation and uh, realizes that she just got shot. Oh, shit. Where? Yeah. It didn't say where she was shot, oh, but okay. just judging by kind of... Because when she was describing it, she was like talking with her hands and stuff. And um, I, I think she motioned, like, towards her stomach. Oh. So, quite possibly, shot in the stomach. Yeah. Um, and then she got shot, so she, like, falls down, like, falls to her knees. And that's when she realizes, like, oh, fuck, Mario's here to kill me. Oh, Like, shit. he has shot me. Oh, shit. Um, so then Mario... Are they still in the bathroom? Or where, where is this happening? This Isn't is happening. Brad out in the hall? Brad is out, I, I think, in like the living room or something. I don't really know oh. what this house looks like. Because Shauna hasn't head. seen Brad. Okay. Shauna has no idea Brad or the roommates or anything is happening. Okay. But she stepped out of the bathroom. So this is like hallway to the bathroom. Maybe Brad is... In Around like, the corner or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so Mario then drags her and traps her in the laundry room and shoots her in the face. Oh my god, what is with this dude in headshots? I know. I it, yeah. So Well, sh- obviously I know she doesn't die. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, it, it it's crazier. So Shauna grabs the laundry hamper. Because it's, like, the only thing she can grab. Right. And she's, you know, using it kind of like a shield, putting it between her and Mario. Yeah. Um, also, so she's shot in the stomach, shot in the face, and doing this. Yeah. And so she's blocking his shots. Yeah. And he, like, gets the gun around it and shoots her in the right eye. Like, through the eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Oh, no. Yeah. So. Back to Brad. I need a drink. <laughs> I know. I've almost finished this first glass, and you've only been taking a few sips because you've been talking. I know. It's hard to talk and chug. Oh, my God. Also, my liver is like, no, no, no. No, please don't do it. <laughs> not more. Not more. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back to Brad. Mm-hmm. He regains consciousness. Oh. Yeah. Shit. After being shot in the head. After being I shot guess, in the head. Which I guess she's... Walking around and being shot in the head fucking twice. Well, walking around. She's trapped in the laundry room, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so when he first gets up, everything is silent. Oh my god. Um, and then blood just starts shooting out of his head. Oh my god. Like out of the wound in it. Yeah. So 
his first thought is to plug the hole with his finger because it's a hole that oh, you can plug my God. in his skull. Oh my God. So he just sticks his finger. He just sticks his finger in it. Um, okay. And he has no idea where Shauna or Mario are. Um, okay. So that's what he's doing right now. Sticking his finger in his head. Sticking his finger in his head. Looking for his lighting. Yeah. So Shauna. Which also, holy shit. The fact that he is bleeding out of the head, sticks a finger in his fucking skull, and he's still looking for her. Yeah, that's like, his first thought. It's like, okay, where's Shauna? Yeah. Not like, I should get out of here. So Shauna is laying on the laundry room floor, terrified, bleeding. Yeah. yeah. She's been shot in the head twice. Fuck, and she's still conscious. Mm-hmm. And this is when Mario says, now we die together. And he uh, puts the gun to his head, shoots himself in the head, <gasps> and falls on top of Shauna. Oh my god! Meanwhile, remember, the house is burning. Oh, that's right. The house is oh, on shit. fire. Um, and like, burning. Shauna is laying there in the laundry room with Mario's body on top of her. And she doesn't know if he's still alive or not. So she makes herself wait. And she counts to 60. Like, okay. slow counts. Yeah. Like, full-ass Mississippis uh, before she, like, moves or even, like, breathes. Yeah. Because she wants him to think she's dead, too, if he's still alive. Right. But she doesn't feel anything. Uh-huh. Like, she doesn't feel him moving, not even breathing, no pulse, nothing. Okay. So, again, she's laying there, two bullet holes in her face. Still can't believe. With his body just laying on her. And she's just waiting. Just waiting. Oh, my God. While the house is burning down around her. While the house is burning down. Oh, my God. So, Brad crawls his way into their bedroom and calls 911. Um, Unfortunately, just due to the circumstances, they... they, Because they don't know where Mario is. They know there's an active shooter and the building's on fire. Yeah. Well, if the building's on fire, the police can't go in. If there's an active shooter, the fire department can't go in. So no one can do anything. Oh my god. Until they know that the shooter's the, not the shooter's, active. Yeah. And again, at this point, and nobody knows that. Not even Brad. Right. So. Shonda's the only one that knows that. Yeah. So the operator tells Brad, you know, if you're able to, you need to get out of the house right now. Yeah. So, he right now has no idea that Shauna is still inside, let alone that she's still alive. Yeah. God. This is fucking intense. I know. So, back to Shauna. This she, could totally, like, make a movie. Yes. Like, it, <laughs> I was like watching... an intense thriller movie. Yeah. I was watching this, and I was just... I instantly, I was like, I have to do this one. Yeah, this I see why you picked this. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, and just, uh, and I'll talk more just about the two of them in general at the end, but oh, they're amazing. Well, and what I keep, like, repeating in my head is that this is a Survivor episode. This is a Survivor episode. Mm-hmm. This is a Survivor episode. Like, holy shit, these people survive this. Yeah. Back to Shauna in the laundry room. She finishes her counting and... You know, it's like, okay, Mario's dead. So she throws his body off of her. She's not a big woman. I think she's like, you know, five and some change. Yeah. She's small. Yeah. And 
Mario's this big dude. She throws him off. I'm like, damn, girl. You go, girl. Um, and then she, like, pulls herself up to, like, her knees using the dryer. Yeah. Um, so she crawls naked because, again, she just had stepped right. out of the shower she in a towel. She took a shower. Um, and she's covered in blood. Again, two bullet holes in the face, one of which just through her eye. God. So she looks like a fucking zombie, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so she's crawling to get out of the laundry room. And there she sees a trail of blood that leads into the bedroom where Brad is. Um, and she's like, okay, I'm gonna follow that trail. Yeah. So she crawls to the bedroom door and the she sees Brad and she's like, oh my god, yes. Yes, he's here. He's alive. Brad sees her and does not think the same thing. He is terrified because she's just bleeding. She's yeah. bleeding to death in front of him. And every time he tries to move, blood just starts gushing from his head wound more. Oh my god. Um, And at this point, flames are everywhere. Like the yeah. house is burning to the ground. Yeah. All around them. And they're still inside. Because uh, emergency services can't come in. They can't do anything until the status of the shooter is known. Yeah. So Brad decides, he's like, okay, she's dying in front of me. The house is on fire. I'm going to plug my wound with one hand and carry her out with the other. Oh, my God. So. I think he carried her with the one where he had the gunshot? Uh. I think so, because I think he was shot in the left arm. And then... And again, when he was doing... Like, when he was talking with his hand stuff, he used his right arm as the, like, showing him plugging it. Oh, my God. So, I'm pretty sure the the arm with a bullet hole was the one he carried her with. Jesus. So, he... He's a fucking superstar. Uh, he's a... Brad, a.k.a. Superman. Uh, yeah. So, he puts a shirt and sweatpants on her... Which I think oh. it's so interesting just when you're just in... detail. Yeah. But when you're in these, like, traumatic situations, just where where your mind goes. Not, right. oh, the house it's on burning. fire, we've been shot, need to get out. It's, oh, she needs, I need to put sweatpants. I need to help her put sweatpants on. Like, to be decent. She won't walk outside. Which, y'all, if your house is on fire... Everyone has seen a penis. Everyone's seen a vagina. Just get out of the house. Yeah. Like, get you and yourself out of the house. Get it's out just, of the house. <laughs> you know what? One of your neighbors or something can probably bring you a blanket or a towel to cover up. Just get the fuck out of the house. Yep. Like, just... <laughs> especially if you've also been shot. Just in the, get out of the, in the house. head twice. Yeah. Jesus. Like, it's okay to be naked. The cop isn't going to be like, public indecency. Put her, <laughs> put her in the car. <laughs> oh my god. But, um, so as soon as he picks her up, blood just starts shooting from his head <gasps> again. Oh god. Um, and he's like, well, that fucking sucks. He's like, I, I gotta we have get, to out. get her out. Get out, yeah. So he, you know, she's under one arm. Um, he's plugging, he has his cell phone in his hand, and he's using that hand to plug the wound. And he gets outside, like, opens the door, and immediately they are face-to-face 
with a SWAT officer <gasps> pointing like a big ass rifle gun just at their face. Yeah. Um, and Shauna is like her first reaction is like, okay, nope, we're going back into the burning house. Nope, not gonna be shot again. Right. Um, and Brad realizes that he looks like he's the the shooter because <gasps> it, it looks like he's holding Shauna hostage. He has his phone in his hand, pointed at his head like he has a gun to his head. Yeah. Is oh what it looks God. like. Oh, my God. So he throws his phone down, which, again, so he removes his hand, starts gushing blood, throws the phone down. And he's like, look, bitch, we've been shot. Where the fuck is the ambulance? And so Shauna. I really hope he actually said that. I I think he said fuck. I think they had to bleep him. <laughs> um, Where the fuck? Fuck is the ambulance. <laughs> so they get into the ambulance and then the firefighters go start working on the house. I'm assuming this time they're like, oh, also, yeah, Mario's dead. <laughs> like, we good. Yeah, like, shooter dead. So Shauna, Brad, and their female roommate um, all escaped the burning house. Oh my god, one of the roommates survived? Mm-hmm. So she was shot <gasps> oh. and also escaped the burning house. Apparently by herself somehow because yeah. Brad was looking I, out for her. I know. I mean, she might have she might have gotten out very early. She like, may have. It may have been when all the been rest in the of the backyard. Oh. I've always thought about that. Like, you know, you're in your house. It's burning. Obviously, most people go to the front door, but if you're close to the back, you're in the backyard like, well, I can't get into the front yard until the house stops burning down. Guys, I'm back here. Hey! Hi, I'm here. Just bleeding. I'm over here. It's fine. Uh, anyway, so they survived. Uh, her male roommate, though, was killed Mar- by Mario's gunshot. So died Not before the, the fire. fire got to him. Well, I guess that's better. Better? I don't know. Um, I'm so hoping there it were, was quick. There were only two fatalities. Yes. When was... In all reality, there should have been five. Yeah. It was just uh, Mario and the male roommate. Oh. And Shauna just completely blames herself for her friend's death. Because she was like, you know, he didn't know Mario. And he had nothing to do with any of this. I'm the only connection that he had to Mario. So it's, you know, he would be alive if he didn't know me kind of thing. Oh, no. And And it's one of those things you can tell she, like still feels that way today yeah. or whenever she was the episode was recorded yeah um and so for the fire it took 150 firefighters over two hours to fight the blaze in one house in one house like it because i think they wanted they had to do a lot of work to keep it spreading to the other houses in yeah, the neighborhood to contain it and i mean it because they had they played actual footage of the fire and it's insane like it is burning to the ground do you remember what episode this was this was i believe the i want to say last episode of season three okay Um, i want to find it i want to watch this episode it's really good and there's all the other two cases in it are great too well that's the thing about i survived these cases are all in fucking sane yeah they're so the sidetrack and then i'll get back to it the uh, one of the other cases in this is not a I would have done it if it had fit but it wasn't like a crime thing yeah this um dude 
Yeah, he's probably like, I don't know, 50 or something. He's driving his van on the highway and someone hits him. Yeah. And his van goes over a ravine. Oh, and like rolls which is always over. so terrifying because then you're like hidden. Yeah. So he is like upside down. The, the driver ran away or drove away. Obviously. Um, Jesus. So he is in his van and it fell like through some trees. So his arm is like twisted around <gasps> a tree branch because he can just see his hand looking at him. Not looking at, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God. His first thought was like, oh my God, I've killed someone. Like that's someone's. That it was someone hand. else's hand. And then he's looks and he's like, I have a mole like that on my hand. Oh my God, that's my arm. And then he talks about, it gets fucking horrifying. He talks about how one night, because he was there for like 55 hours. Uh, one of the nights, he was just covered in ants. <gasps> and he couldn't do anything about it. He just felt them. And he's like, I just had to deal with it. And he was like, it was, I would say it's unbearable, but I had to, I didn't have a choice. I had to bear through it. And then rats uh, ate his hand. And he watched it happen in front of him. It, yeah, insane, fucking insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> little more to this tangent, and then I'll let you get back to your story because the one in the episode I watched, obviously not the case I picked, for the same reason because it wasn't a crime. It was a tornado, and mm. it was in Arkansas in the late eighties. I think it was eighty nine, and this woman and her boyfriend, like their apartment complex, is completely obliterated, like. There was actual footage of the damage, and apparently, essentially, the tornado lifted this building and threw it upside down in the alleyway. Oh. And so they're trapped in the bathroom, and she had this giant, like, cut on her arm slash back where her skin is just, like, hanging off. Oh. And she was saying there was one point where she had pretty much accepted that she was going to die, and so she was playing with her wound and she wasn't grossed out by it she was just like yeah. oh, you know might as well see what my bones feel like because her bone was exposed and so she's playing with her wound and her boyfriend playing. like i mean yeah, yeah just, she was she was yeah. just kind of feeling it and just you know no. putting her hand in it but it was also saying that so she was with her boyfriend and his feet ended up right above her like she could see his feet and he was going into shock and um, he was saying he was really cold. And she was like, oh, well, I'm not really cold. Like, in her head, she's like, I'm not cold. And she's like, oh, it's because I'm sitting in a pool of my own blood. And so she's like, I need to make him warm. So she starts rubbing her blood on his feet. And she doesn't tell him what she's doing. And he doesn't ask what, but it's warming him up. And she was like, I, I'm glad he didn't ask me what I was doing. Because I think, you know, him going into shock, like, it would have. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to handle it. And I am just, like, watching her talk about this, and I'm like, holy what? shit. I, so what episode was yours? Mine was um, season seven, episode six. Okay. So you'll have to watch that one. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Anyway. Finish yours, and then I'll get into mine. So I'm basically done. But Shauna is now blind in her right eye. Oh. She got to keep her eye. Oh, my God. I don't know how, but it's not... Because when she was explaining this, like, getting shot through the eye... I was like, God, she has a really good glass eye. But, yeah. It, but it's not glass. It's just her eye. Um, How did her so, eye survive? And it looks like a normal eye. Looks like a normal eye. Like, you wouldn't think she's blind in it. She's huh. normal. Um, 
and Brad suffers from like facial paralysis and like intense chronic pain oh, from his wound. Yeah. But just to uh, just the way they talked about everything. So Shauna is like, you know, I survived because of Brad. He saved me. Yeah. And Brad is like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not a hero. I didn't do anything that anyone else wouldn't do. What the and I'm fuck? Like, Brad, okay. you're a fucking hero. I'm like, you know, fighting hit dude with a gun? Sure. Okay. I still think makes you a hero, but whatever. Everything else after that, plugging your head with a wound, carrying her out with a arm that was shot, like, dude. Stop being humble. Yeah. So that is the story, the survival story of Shauna and Brad. Well, that's fucking amazing. I know. I I still can't believe getting shot in the face. And also for Brad in the back of the head and the arm, like... Well, and she also got shot in the stomach. Yeah, and just being fine. Not, I mean, obviously not fine, but like, living. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living and being able to tell the story and... The human body, it's just incredible. Because you it hear is. so many stories of people that, like, get shot in the chest and, oh, if it had been a millimeter this way, it would have hit their heart and killed them. Yep. Or just different things that I'm like, the fact that a bullet can go through your fucking brain and you can live. I know. Speaking of the human body, I watched an episode of this show. I think it was called Inside the Mind of a Killer or something like that Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And the first episode is about serial killers. And this is semi-related, but semi-not. But it was just talking about, it was analyzing the brain and Mm -hmm. the different brain uh, scans. Yeah. And the differences in where people that are serial killers lack emotion and, and and they like empathy and just how their brains are triggered differently. It's just, again, the human mm-hmm. body is just very fascinating Same. and the way it can recover. And I mean, like your liver, for example, you can give away half of it and it'll regenerate. Oh, yeah. That like... blows my mind. Oh, I read the coolest thing. It was just in the book I was reading in The Secret, but it was about how, how all of our cells are replacing themselves. Yeah. Like constantly. So if you think about it, in a few months span of time, you have a new body. Mm-hmm. Completely. Like, everything is replaced and new and renewed. And that was a very interesting perspective. Yeah. Because I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Everything is new. Puts a new spin on the new year, new me. Like, literally. Punch. I don't do new year, new me. I do new year, New year, new some me. achievable goals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for me to jump into my story? Yes. Okay. Mine is about a woman named Michelle. This happened in September 1996 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And again, I said this earlier, but this is from I Survived Season 7, Episode Mm 6. So Michelle one day was driving home late from work. And she's, you know, just in the neighborhood, driving on the street. And she's almost to her house. And she's see these these three hooded men just hanging out on the sidewalk and they look a little bit sketch and so she's like okay i'm gonna take a block yeah so she takes a block when she's back they're no longer there so she parks her car and um the house is dark her roommate's not home so she's just like okay she's getting out 
opens her trunk to grab some of her stuff so she can take it inside. And the next thing she knows, she's hit in the head and there's blood running down her face. Jesus. There's someone with a gun to her face and says, if you scream, I will use this. And this is her driveway. She's Mm. home. Mm. She's fucking home. She made it home. She said that fear is not a word that can even describe how she felt. It was more like death is is here. Death is coming. Like, this is happening. She starts begging. She offers her belongings. She's like, take my car. Like, just whatever you want. So this person takes her to the backyard. Uh And... Like, of her own house. Her own backyard. She then, as she's being taken to the backyard, sees two more sets of feet walking alongside this man. And that's when she realized, like, holy shit. These are the three men I saw on the street. Oh, my God. Uh, one of those guys hops in her car and drives it around the alley behind her house. Mm. The other two, while this is happening, are blindfolding her, tying her up, and they're gagging her. And she says the rag that they put in her mouth, it was very musty and it tasted of oil. So this is just like a garage rag or something yeah, that's being shoved yeah. into her mouth. They drag her across her backyard and they come to one of those four foot chain link fences that some houses have. Yeah. And they tell her to climb it. Well, she's yeah. like fucking tied up. She can't climb it. So they lift her up and throw her over the fence. Oh, fuck. And so on the other side is where the guy pulled her car around. Yeah. And so they pick her up and they shove her into the trunk of her own car. Jesus. And drive off. And she's saying that it's insanely suffocating, which. Yeah, I get. Mm-hmm. And and the panic that must have been going through her as she's in her own fucking trunk going, only God knows where. I'll say being gagged is not, like, crazy horrible. No, it it would be. Yeah, no, like, it seems awful. That actually sounds Terrifying. like one of the worst things. Yeah. That, that, I, well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when they make a mask of someone's face and they have to plaster everywhere and you only have, like, the straws in your nose? That fucking terrifies me. Oh, yeah. That, that to me, gives me the same feelings of being, like, buried alive. Yeah. And I... We read these survival stories and stuff, and I know there's things of people who, like, do get buried alive and survive. I would not do well in one of those. So, she's in the back of her trunk, suffocating, and... She she gets her hands untied. She takes off the blindfold. She takes out the gag. And she's trying to find a way out. Yeah. While they're driving her car, every time they'd hit the brake light, you know, the lights would come on. So it, it would illuminate the trunk a little bit so she could see. And she's yeah. she's looking around. There's no trunk release. She is oh. terrified. So she doesn't want to kick. Yeah. You know, she doesn't want to cause a ruckus. Oh, and I, Did you know that's actually one of the reasons why... Trunk releases are now mandated on all cars. In case she gets stuck in the trunk. In case in case you or like your a child like gets stuck in the trunk. That's um, it should be. That's genius. And I, it's either mandated or it's just an industry standard. Yeah. That the pull tab is glow in the dark, Mm. so you could see it if you were in the trunk. I didn't know that. Mm Yeah, that's why if you look at... I mean, I guess you don't have a sedan. No, so that's what I was going to say. Would, I don't think about these things because I don't have a trunk. But they're that's why they're usually like that pale yellow green glow-in-the-dark color. Yeah. Because huh. you can pull You can it. see it and pull it and get out. Which, because that... Like, one of my greatest fears, being locked in my own 
trunk or something. Or well, like it's it's be... the same as a coffin. Like again. Yeah. I actually it's kind of funny. It's funny now. Um, I have like a perpetual constant fear that I will be driving and my car will go off a bridge or something, go into water and I'll like my seatbelt won't unlatch. Yeah. And so I I always have a pocket knife in my car. Smart. That can cut through a seatbelt. And I need to get a new one because when I sold my car. Um, oh, you accidentally left it? I think I left it in there. But it also had a little, um, it's just a tiny point on the end that you can break the window. Yeah. Like it's built to, because I'm like, cut seatbelt, break the window. Bye. So it's specifically for this purpose. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing. To, yeah. to have. I mean, that may seem a little extreme, but at the same time, it, it if is, you're in that only, fucking situation... It's then... only crazy extreme until you need it. Well, and it's that's kind of like... I know there are a lot of people who are doomsday planners, mm-hmm. which sometimes seems a little excessive, but at the same time, if something mm-hmm. fucking happens, you're going to hope you have a friend that was a doomsday planner or that you were one. Oh, yeah. If, if the disaster or something happened... And, like, let's say food, for example. The Honestly, let's say the power goes out. Yeah. For three weeks. Like, what is happening right now with people in the Carolinas and Florence? Yeah. I have, um, I think, a can of soup and then, like, some black beans and stuff. Like... I know. Canned food is one of those things that I would, of course, rather yeah. buy fresh or frozen. But I wanna, you should have a good stock of canned food. Um, and I actually do that. I want to go to... Now that I'm just saying that, I want to go to the grocery store and, you know, spend like 30 or 40 bucks and just get like a full, what could be a week's supply of canned food. Yeah. You know, it's just like Campbell soup and shit. Well, and one thing that I My love. flavor. <laughs> Campbell's soup and shit. Yes. Well, I was going to say, one thing I do love is that a lot of cans now have the pool tap. So yes. you don't even you have don't, to have a can opener. No. Or if your can opener breaks or something, you can still get into it. There's this can opener I want. And then we'll get back to yours. But there's a can opener I'm sorry, I how old are you? You're officially an adult now because you're talking about a kitchen appliance that you really, really want. That's <laughs> oh, one of the signs. I know. <laughs> I know. But instead of cutting the can, just the way it does is it separates the seal. So the lid comes oh. off But you can smooth. put it back on? No, you can't oh. put it back on. But it comes off smooth, so there's no cutting edge on either side. Nice. So, like... Because, you know, when you, like, open a can of tuna you can and you're yourself. like, I don't want to cut myself, get tuna water in me. That would um, not be good. And it, but just in general, and it's it's also super easy. It's it's not an automatic one. I don't really like automatic can openers. They I kind of scare me. Um, I don't know how to work them very well. I just, I'm like, eh, I can I can twist. Although. It's also like how I am with, like, the TV. I have a fucking antenna and a Amazon Fire. I don't know how to work, like, DVRs and that kind of shit. No. I... <laughs> uh, but yeah, separate seal, I want it really bad. It's, like, I think it's, like, $100, though. And I'm not about to spend that much money on fucking can opener. <laughs> no, it's not worth that much. Like, but if you have But honestly, if I sliced cans, open my finger and needed stitches, stitches would be more than 100 bucks. Also, true. dear God, I slice open my hand enough to need stitches <laughs> on a... It's still on a jagged metal edge. I could see if I'm cutting it open and then Sebastian jumps up and I, I, I don't know. It could happen. It could happen. I'm going to get more. I'm going to grab the wine. Oh, yes. Go it's grab it. It's time for bottle two. We forgot to grab it. Yes. 
Get that second bottle. Let's get that open. Okay. This one's good. I really like it. It's a heavy wine. It's heavy. So the fact uh, that we're drinking two bottles of this on a fucking Saturday morning, which it's no longer morning. It's afternoon at this point. Yeah. I have a cookout to go to tonight with my coworkers. Well, you can sober up. Obviously, you're taking a lift there. Actually, well, yes, I'm taking a lift. I don't have a car. Okay. I'm going to jump back in my story. We've got a fresh wine. We've yes. got tangents galore. So Michelle's in the trunk and she can't find a release. She's not going to kick. So she has a thought. She takes off the bracelet that she's wearing that had been given to her by the boyfriend she had at the time uh-huh. and a ring her grandmother gave her. Okay. And she slips them into the cracks in the trunk. And her thought oh. behind this was if she disappears and her car is found, there's evidence that she was in the trunk. She's... See, shit like that's so heartbreaking. She's literally preparing to, like... Die. Want to be able to have an evidence trail for them to be able to know what happened. It is. It's sad, but at the same time, it's so, it's smart. so smart. Because it's like, if something happens to me, I want these guys fucking caught. Well, and it's it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier with just the, the different places your mind goes. Yeah. When you're in these situations. Well, like the clothes. Yeah. The clothes... The hiding your jewelry to leave some kind of trail, like, to me, it's just so fascinating. Because, obviously, you can't focus on what's actually happening to you. No, you have to think about anything else. Even if the thoughts are You would shut down. So, thinking about hiding your jewelry or making sure, oh, put on clothes. Or fucking thinking about, I want to play with my skin and see what my bum feels like. I know. Like, it just... Where your brain goes is quite interesting. The way your brain keeps you alive is mind-blowing. Just the way it will... It distracts you. It will forget things. It's like, "Mm, we don't need to remember this. I will say, guys, go... If you can go to Trader Joe's and find the Kings of Prohibition wine, please buy it. It's so good. It is... This may be one of my favorite wines we've done on an episode. I'm loving this. I'm so into this. Also, if you live in Oklahoma... Uh, tell Trader Joe's that you want more Trader Joe's in Oklahoma because they need to have more stores before they make an Oklahoma reusable bag. Also, October 1, you're getting wine in Trader Joe's. You're getting wine in grocery stores in Oklahoma. Yes. Way overdue. They're also in Oklahoma City. So, you know, the big new city park. They are possibly moving forward with relaxing the drinking in public laws to allow, like, wine and beer at the park for like picnics and shit that's really cool because they don't even allow you to drink in central park I mean, really yeah no you can't have alcohol there you put oh. that shit in a water bottle and it's, it's vodka and everybody knows it's vodka but you don't have a bottle of vodka who the okay i'm for screwdrivers oh, picnic. i thought you meant like just straight up like <laughs> mm, water <laughs> and just drinking straight ass vodka that's no. probably room temp at this point no. But think about it. All these swell bottles and stuff that are going yeah. around. The larger swell bottle. Oh, in case anyone doesn't know this, if you get the larger swell bottle, that will hold an entire bottle of wine. So say you're going mm-hmm. on a picnic and you want to keep your white wine chilled, get one of those. Chill the yeah. wine, pour it in there, and you're good to go for hours. Also, like a, you'll have that wine drank before it goes cold. I mean, it gets warm. A Trenta Starbucks cup uh, holds a whole bottle of wine. And if you do a white wine, 
it looks like a tea or a lemonade. That is true. So, also, I mean, y'all who are getting the Trenta cups, why why do you need that much coffee? You actually aren't allowed um, to do coffee in them. So it has to be like a frappuccino or a mixed... It has to be a mixed coffee drink. Yeah, it yeah. can't be... You, so I can't be like, I would like a Trenta cold, cold brew. Cold brew. <laughs> no, they won't do that. Because I, I used to work at a Starbucks and it, it's a thing. Like, you tell customers no. We Some people will... Because I think there is a button to make. Oh. Like, so it's like, like you put in the drink it, and the then, the, then you hit the Trenta. Like oh. it just, so okay. you can do it, but like you're not supposed to. But I would, I would always do Trentas because I would want something to like drink on just throughout the day. All right. So you're one of those people that's getting the fucking Trenta. Yeah. I'm also one of those people that, uh, when I'm at work, Sometimes I will go up to the coffee shop and get a quad shot because I'm tired. That's so much fucking espresso. Sorry. Again, tangent. Go. Michelle is thinking about dying. Yeah. Obviously with what she did with her jewelry and she's, but she's thinking about how her mom would react. And I think it's something a lot of people have is how people that they're closest to would react to them no longer being there. I think that's a very normal thought. So the next thing she knows, the car stops and they open the trunk. And they see that she has taken off her... She's not tied up anymore. She has the blindfold off. The gag's out of her mouth. And they're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So they take her out and they redo everything tighter. And they force her down a dark alley into this garage. And so she's in this garage. And they're shoving her, pushing her, mm-hmm. beating the shit out of her, throwing her to the ground. And they rip all her clothes off. So all three of these men take turns raping her. And, again, she's tied, gagged, blindfolded, and she can smell alcohol. So Mm. she knows these guys are wasted. And she feels like she's not a human because she's not being treated like a human. And all she's hearing are, let me have her. It's my turn. They're not really arguing. There's no conversation. It's just the trade-off. And she's getting outside of her body because of what's happening she just has to mentally not be there that's what that's what happens like that's what your brain does she's paralyzed by fear yeah and she's too scared to even breathe and she said that night she did lose her life because she'll never be the same person no which i get yeah i get 100 percent. um after they were done one of the guys said he'd help her put her clothes back on but of course they ripped them off so this is I mean, he's having a little bit of difficulty. Um, They put her back in the trunk. Mm. And so she's really feeling like she's going to die in this trunk. Or they're going to take her out, shoot her, and leave her somewhere. And um, at this point, she'd lost a lot of blood. Because they beat the shit out of her. And so she passes out. Jesus. She wakes up again to yelling outside of the trunk and she has no idea what's happening but she knows that this is her only chance for survival this is this is the moment yeah so she starts kicking the trunk and yelling for help and the answer that came was a detective who said that he would he would get her out so it turns out he was an off-duty detective who noticed these three men acting very suspiciously. So he, I guess, maybe pulls them over. I don't know exactly, because, again, she's passed out, so she doesn't know yeah. how this happened. But 
two of the guys get out of the car and run, and the detective was able to apprehend one guy, the guy who stayed in the car. Mm-hmm. And um, He got one of them. He got one. So the trunk, he finally gets the trunk open and gets Michelle out, and she sees sirens and lights, and it's just like this, oh my god, I'm okay, I'm, I'm being saved, like, thank oh. god. So she was hospitalized and then went through some forensic exams, and she did say that it felt like being assaulted all over again, because it yeah. lasted for seven hours. Seven she was Jesus. covered in handprints on her arms, legs, all the DNA they had to get off of her body. They just, Jesus. you know, it, it's one of those things that they can't really treat her until they pull off all the evidence. Because if they miss something, these guys may never be caught. Yeah. So it's this insanely traumatizing experience that will hopefully lead to um, an arrest. Yeah. So... She, you know, she's hospitalized and she's released. And then a few days later, she's asked to return for a blood test. And apparently, one of the men had spit on a guard in the jail and said that he had AIDS. So at this time, uh, this one guy that was caught ratted the other two out. So they're all, they've all been apprehended. Yeah. Um, so they actually come back for a blood test. As it turns out, Michelle was the fifth and final victim of these three men who were known as the trunk rapist. They had been going around and doing this to women uh, for previous to Michelle. Jesus. As time went on, the cases got more and more severe. It went from not having any weapon to they had a knife to they had a gun, which is what happened in Michelle's case. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, like I said, the youngest guy gave up the other two. They were apprehended that very next day. Oh, thank God. Michelle asked if all three of the men could be tested for AIDS, but apparently they had more right than she did, and they refused a test. Are you fucking serious? They were never tested. Are you fucking serious? Are you fucking kidding me? I know. This part made me so mad because I'm like, I'm sorry, this guy says he has AIDS. She has to get tested to yeah. make sure. Or, or, I mean, they ask her to come in. They ask. Yeah. I mean, she could have said no, but... They won't test these guys. See, I I can understand there is a line. You have to have consent to perform medical procedures on people. That's... Yeah. I mean, even if, if you go to a hospital and you're literally dying, you can say no. And Oh, I know. But this is not... This is bigger than that. This is this is something that is not affecting them. It is affecting her. Yeah. And, like, God forbid she does contract HIV. Like, that's... She needs to know. Yeah. Because she can get on PrEP and she can get on other medicines that make her positive but undetectable. Right. So she can live her life. But instead, now she doesn't know. Well... She does go and regularly get tested. Okay, and that's good. she has never had a positive result. So she... That's good. As, as far as can be... As she can tell, she has not yeah. um, contracted HIV. And this was in the late 90s? This was in 96. Okay. So at this point, I don't, I don't know, know if the virus can remain dormant that 
long. I don't either, and I don't know what year this was recorded, but I know it was in the two thousands. So yeah. I think she's I think she's okay. Yeah. Um she ended up moving to a new home but lived in fear that they would somehow get her. Even though mm-hmm. we're, they were behind bars, she was scared to go out in the dark. She didn't want to be alone. She felt as if she left her independence and she was mad. Yeah. She was so angry at the world. She was uncooperative and did not feel like there was anyone who could relate to her. Yeah. Because she went through this experience. She needed to find someone who had been through something similar because she needed someone to relate to. Yeah. Because as much as we like to think that we can be there for people who have gone through a traumatic experience, if you've never had an experience that was of equal uh, levels of traumatic, there's you can sympathize and you can't empathize. There are just certain things that, like, you can... You can try to explain someone, but until they felt that way or a similar way, it's not... Like, it, it's not something you can describe. No. And yeah, empathy only goes so far, because it only can go so far. The trial ended up lasting three years because of all of the different charges that these three men faced. Yeah. And they got the following sentences... Anton Netherly got 320 years in prison. Good. James Irby got 210 years. Good. And Benny Copeland, who I believe was the younger guy that was caught and gave the other two up, got 70. That's a lot less. It's a lot less. I see he probably took a plea deal for ratting probably. them out or got a deal. But still, I mean, 70 years, it's the rest of your life. Exactly. And so Michelle was saying that she did feel... Much better because essentially all three of these men are in prison for the rest of their natural born lives. Yeah. And she did give an impact statement during the trial, which freed her of the situation. She was finally able mm-hmm. to confront them and let them know what she had, what they had done to her. Mm-hmm. And she is now married with two kids mm-hmm. and she named her son after the detective, Art oh. Billingsley, who saved her life that night. I really like the name Art. I do actually. too. It's an old name that I feel like should come back. Yeah. It's a beautiful name. I've known one art in my entire life. I've never. I've, I've known an art. And he was an architect, which is so fucking cool. Of course he is. Yep. Is he single? No, no. I, I knew him because I worked with his wife. Oh, wow. Well. Um, Swing and a miss. <laughs> so, in 2010, Michelle was awarded the Special Courage Award by the U.S. Department of Justice, which is... The highest award that a victim could receive. Yeah. She now works at an agency who assists with victims of crime. And um, so she's there to have a voice for these victims. Yeah. And this is how what happened to her is is helping others who've had similar experiences. Yeah. Um, and she can be the one that's the hope for those who have gone through a trauma. Yeah. And make sure that they know and understand that there is life and survival after this yeah. trauma. So, Michelle, um, an amazing survivor of the attack of three men. Jesus. That, honestly, I'm surprised they, they didn't just shooter and maybe that was their plan before the detective before art uh stumbled upon the scene yeah so okay well let's uh i mean we just go straight into postmortem yeah we can go straight into postmortem um 
I so, mean, I feel like I know the one I would pick. I think I do too. You want me to go first? Yeah. So, I think all of ours were... All of ours? Both all of ours. ours. <laughs> I was like, there's only two of us. <laughs> both of ours were very, very traumatic and very yeah. courageous survival stories. It's true. Both incredible stories of survival. Yeah. But I think yours, that Brad and Shauna were shot in the head. Shauna twice. Yeah. Like, that for me takes the, like, oh my god. Surviving that. Because normally, normally, I don't know if that's the right word. When you think of being shot in the head, you think that's it. Yeah. You think that oh, yeah. one oh, and done. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that Shauna is two and not done. Mm-hmm. Like, also, Mario, not so good with the headshots because the only one that worked was the one on he did him. on himself. Yeah. Which, thank it's God. True. I mean, yeah. Okay. I yeah. I was actually gonna say yours. Um, really? I you you changed my mind when you gave me that perspective. But oh. so I'll I'll accept the win. But um there's just something so personal and so violent and damaging about rape and sexual assault. Yeah, that it, I agree. Because I mean, obviously, in the in just the like paper sense of like you can survive sexual assault, you can't survive murder. Okay, but it's just so much more damaging on just on, not the physical level. Yeah, like just the emotional and mental state of it. Yeah. Um, which, but. Also shot in the face twice, so. Well, <laughs> and I then will... fucking Brad carrying her and plugging his damn head wound that's gushing blood. Yeah. And like doing the. I I heard a new term yesterday: the invisible suitcase. It's what's that? It's when it's the way that bros walk. When they walk with their arms out, <laughs> and like they're holding two invisible suitcases. <laughs> and so that's just how I picture Brad just <gasps> just like hooking his arm under her yes. and like taking her out but also he was shot in that arm yep. so it, I yeah. so I will say I uh, think this is the first time we've ever picked each other's as the winner yeah. and haven't haven't necessarily I mean I guess you changed your mind but I, but yeah. still hadn't necessarily come to the same conclusion at the same time yeah we usually very much or we've argued about it and one of us like surrenders caves yeah caves not yeah but no i um i'll accept the win shauna and brad are michelle is also fucking incredible and amazing and i'm so glad that she has taken the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to her Mm -hmm. and has turned it into her career and her life to be that voice for other victims and to be that person who truly understands oh absolutely like that she has taken this and just grown and using it to help others is fucking amazing yeah i will say though i hope today that brad and shauna are married oh, because I they fucking so. deserve it after all this shit like fuck yeah yeah but you know what? Maybe they don't want to get married, and that's absolutely their choice. Exactly. But, come on. 
Well, <laughs> on that note, I just want to say, um, please, if you have a moment, rate and review us on iTunes. Just let us know what you think. We um, The reviews help us get up in the rankings so more mm-hmm. people can hear our episodes. Yes. Um, and then also, like and follow us on social media. Yeah. And also, like, even if you have friends that like uh, that like this these kind of podcasts, tell them. I mean, I, that's, that's one of my favorite things to see is on our analytics, um, we can see, like, it breaks it down by city. Yeah. And it's, I love it when we see a city that we've never seen before and they'll have, like, two or three lessons. And then a couple days later, you check, and it has 50 listens. Like, it's obvious someone was like, guys, listen to this. I know. And that or... I love it so much. That or just, like, the person binge the shit out of us, which is awesome. Oh, my God, I know. Um, I love it. So, yeah. But this has been um, a great episode. I'm glad we did Survivors. and Me um, too. We needed this. Even though this was a heavy as fuck episode, too. But, it was. Well, like I said, all of our episodes are very heavy because our content is heavy. I mean, that's true. It's murder. So, it's not, I don't know, Yeah, not murder. <laughs> so, again, go get a bottle of Kings of Prohibition. Oh, it's yes. a fucking amazing. So fucking good. And also, uh, next week, Tyler's going to be picking our wine. Yes. I'll pick our topic, and we'll bring some more f- interesting content to you guys. I know. I'm excited. Me too. So... All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed it. Yes, XOXO. XO. Blood Wine signing off. Bye. Bye.